Hey, welcome to the pod. I am going to do something really different today. Today, I'm going to tell you a story about how I met the Uber monk. All right, I'm just going to put my phone here. Okay, so okay. tell me your name as well. So my and this has been like popping off on TikTok because everyone's just been so excited to hear about this from like the teaser. It wasn't even a teaser. I was just sharing a story about it, and everyone went insane. So I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you, everybody. That's given me so much encouragement. <laughs> but this is a really fucking cool story. Anyway, so. I'm going to take you right back down the timeline because I think in like, I guess if you're thinking about life in the sense that everything happens for a reason, there were more things that led up to when I met the Uber monk. (laughs) And honestly, if I get to find out what's happened since, like once you hear what he says and once you hear this story. So someone in your podcast or someone in your life will hear that. If your life has it changed in some way because something has stuck with you? Can you please reach out and let me know? Because that would be like the perfect ending to this. <laughs> Obsessed. Oh my God. I would want to share the story on here. Ah! Okay. <laughs> I feel so excited. Okay. So I'm going to take it back to around the time when I started to learn about I guess the Buddhist lifestyle, but that's not what I was doing directly. I was like indirectly just learning these individual sort of beautiful ways of living and incorporating them into my life. And the next thing you know, I was in this position where I'm like able to actually have this conversation with this guy because we were on the same vibe. It was incredible. So back when... um, And this is like one of those really hectic, the universe sort of just serves you something that you may not want, but you definitely need. And it happens for a reason. And you you learn later that it's good, but at the time it's completely fucked. Like, I don't know if you've heard like some of the other episodes in the podcast, you'll know a bit about my story. But for those who haven't, I had a um, really bad case of burnout mixed with just like a pile of tragedies at once um, last year. So my, I was running a business and the burnout came from COVID had happened. And then there was a lot of rescheduled weddings. I was a wedding photographer and a lot got postponed for sometimes up up to two years in some cases. And so I'd been paid for those weddings way ago, like ages ago at a lower rate, mind you, than what I was even like charging nowadays. And then the, you know, Lockdowns happened, the wedding got postponed, got postponed. So then I shot the wedding in the future without any immediate income near that kind of time. So then during like 2021, 2022, I was just doing a lot of makeup weddings. So I was booking in extra weddings to be able to afford to live. So I was shooting double the amount of weddings, but only getting paid for like half of them. And then um, I couldn't afford to like outsource the edits. So I was editing myself as well as shooting, as well as like having to market so that I had like more work coming in the following year. And on top of that, like that takes up so much of my life, right? It took, well, it did, it took up so much of my life. And then I was also a mum to a growing like young, a tween who's now the teen. <laughs> and I was, a, I was a partner and I was a friend, I was a daughter I had a dog. Um, It was a really, really, it was just, I, and not even to mention like self-care, like what self-care, you know what I mean? (laughs) What sleep sounds like? I've never, (laughs) what are you talking about? (laughs) It was a really, really, really hard time. And then everything just took a turn for the worse. I, my nan went to hospital and I knew she was going to go. Poppy didn't. And I think that was coming from just a complete place of shock and pain and this inability to like not even want to let go. He just couldn't let it go, you know. Um, They had been together for 50 years or something and he has been by her side like this whole time. And she's been by his as well. And she had cancer for like the last 25 years or something, just 
fought through and Poppy like never sent her to a home. He never let her out of his sight. She didn't like being home alone. He didn't go anywhere, you know, like the, that man is incredible. And he is like the benchmark of how I want to be loved throughout my life. And so whenever I see Justin, my partner being a complete fucking angel, I'm like, Oh my God, I have that. (laughs) So that's really nice. Um, but anyway, so Nanny was in hospital and there was this time when like I'd been visiting heaps, but early on when she was there for like the last nine weeks of her life, she had this chat with me when Poppy was out of the room and she was like, you look after him. And I was like, I will. And she was holding my hand and I went on to say like, you know, he's such a good Poppy. And she was like, he is. And he's been doing so much for everyone. And I was like, yeah, I know. Oh my God. But like during this conversation, that initial, you look after him, I will. Oh my God, my Uber's here. Hang on one second. I ordered food. Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. What a time for food to arrive in a story. Are you kidding? Nanny was like, look after him. And when we made eye contact and looked at each other and everything, it was like I could sense what she was saying and she could sense what I was acknowledging and and agreeing to and reassuring her of. Like she was like, I know I'm going. I don't want to go until I know that someone is going to make sure that he is okay. Like be there for him. And I was like, yeah, I understand and absolutely and I wouldn't have it any other way. And like that wasn't, that part wasn't verbal, you know what I mean? But that was such an understanding. Anyway, so then it was really hard because when Nan passed, like that was just horrendous for the family and for Poppy, obviously. And then the floods happened or did they happen just before nanny i can't remember the timeline now but the floods in march or april whenever it was um they just destroyed so much of the brisbane sort of like waterway areas and lismore and new south wales tweed like they just really did a number on this part of the world and my parents home was on the water so their place got flooded it was really bad like came out really high they've pretty much lost everything they have one small tiny little area of things that (laughs) were salvageable um but they're pretty much starting again and they've had to live like in this like mezzanine area instead of like in their home and my two disabled brothers live with them and I just, it's like a tiny, tiny little space. And they're like, they really just deserve to retire. And they've had this whole situation with the insurance and it's been super annoying for them. But anyway, they are pretty much at the point where they can almost rebuild. And I'm so excited for them. And I honestly like just can't wait to be a millionaire one day and just buy them a home wherever they fucking want, because they are the best people I've ever met. I love them so much. My mom and my stepdad are insane. I love them. So anyway, they lost everything. We were there all doing the, the flood cleanup and getting all the mud out of the house and all the stuff out of the house and just taking all the shit out to the curbside because there was this massive curbside collection that went on. And then I lived in um, Currumbin Waters at the time and in Currumbin Waters we had a drop centre where we would like take um, fuel, water, food, nappies, whatever, and then sort them into packs and bags and then coordinate like water off a truck, fuel into someone's four-wheel drive, like... There were a few um, people who were just volunteering their time to coordinate the entire situation, and they were amazing. I bought one of them a massage voucher after because I was like, you're a queen. (laughs) Um, I think her name was Caitlin. What was her name? Sorry, if you you ever hear this episode and I don't remember your name and you know who I'm talking about, I'm so sorry. I have ADHD, and I need to eat my dinner soon. It's the afternoon. I'm going to bed at 5 (laughs) p.m. Anyway, yeah. no, I'll go to bed at six. <laughs> um, so then, so mum's place is gone, nanny's gone, and then my dog Batman dies. And around that time, I just kept saying the words like, I, like, this is not living. This is not 
living. Like there's absolutely no fucking way I've been put on this earth to wake up every morning with an actual fucking panic attack happening with my heart beating out of my chest and have a completely shot nervous system, no time to rest, no way out of this mess, like owing so many people photos and time. And I had no time and no energy. And I had to let go and just be with people on the most important day of their life and give them every little shred of what I had left because I was, I'd been in burnout already by like fucking a year and a half by this point, you know? It was insane. I was like flying all over the country to go to different shoot locations and situations. And oh my God, what a time. Oh, I never want to be in that situation again in my life. That was traumatic as fuck. Anyway, um, so I needed to stop all of that, obviously. But I was in this situation where I was like, I don't have the money to pay for the edits. I have to keep working. I can't book new weddings. I need more money, blah, blah, blah. And then so Batman passed away and like, it was a complete shock. We'd only moved into this place for a week. He must've eaten something poison in the backyard or something. Cause it, he died slowly over like two days, but I just thought he would recover. Like the vet kept being like, Oh yeah, bring him in. I guess he'll be right. We'll do this. And they like, you know, he was in and out of the vet and then suddenly he was just gone and they called me and I was on a walk with my poppy, you know, getting poppy out of the house. <laughs> um, and yeah, they said that he like just died of like cardiac arrest on the little table there and they tried and everything. And I just remember I was standing and then suddenly I wasn't, I was just crouched on the floor crying and then we drove to the vet and he was on the table there and I just remember like putting my face on his face and just sobbing into him and he was all like stiff by that point, sorry for the TMI, but... I just couldn't let go of him for a while and, well, it's really hard to even talk about this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, Batman was like my soulmate. Everyone who knew us was like, that dog has got some kind of special consciousness and you guys have some kind of special language. We would just make eye contact and communicate and people could see it. Like, it's crazy. Like people just noticed that and said it to me without me having to say anything, you know? And um, he was he was a blue healer, so he's so smart and so loyal. I don't think I'll get a blue healer again. I did think I would, I, I love them, I do. I always thought I would have Batman forever for one, but then <laughs> um, I just thought I was a blue healer kind of gal after that. And I really, I know that like working dogs are in fashion right now. I don't think that that's smart. I think they're an incredible dog, but save that for a little bit later in life when you have some land, I reckon. It's, they, need, they need a lot of exercise, but they also need a lot of attention. Like they, they're working dogs. Like they need a constant job to do and a constant command, a constant action. Like you can exercise them heaps, but if they're not literally mentally stimulated like most of the day, they're, <laughs> they will fucking let you know about their unhappiness in the situation. <laughs> they're very convincing dogs. They're very good at communicating. <laughs> Great dogs. But get some, I don't know, even in just a yard and have the time to be there with them. That's what they need. Companionship, loyalty, a leader. They need a fucking leader. Anyway. Um, so obviously everything in my life had to change, you know, it all had to, it all came crashing down. It, it was time to stop saying the words, if I stop, I'll die. That's what I thought was true. I honestly, I cannot stress to you enough how much that was my actual reality. Like if I stop, I'll die. And to me, that meant like, if I stop working, there's no one else that will work in my business. So then the business will stop, which then means no money, no livelihood, me and Noah go homeless. You know what I mean? And then you die. <laughs> that was how it was in my head <laughs> because I didn't have any space to do any actual like s smart, critical thinking. And I was just in fight or flight. I was in like, there's danger all about and I could die at any moment. 
and there's no time to slow down. We have to get out of here. Like that's how I, I physically felt. And I would just, my heart was constantly racing. I constantly felt faint because I barely took a full breath. And I was, yeah, I was just fucked. Anyway, so after that, I decided to shut down the business. And everyone was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, you're the best photographer we've ever met. How? No, the business is, it's like, it's successful. Like, yes, it's a bit of a shit show right now, but it's still a successful business. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> and they were like, okay, at least sell it. And I was like, all right, I'll sell it. And then I like re researched that a little bit. And then I was like, I'm not going to sell it. Not because I don't want to. I could still sell it now. I still get inquiries. I just give them to my friends. The business is literally still running itself. It's crazy. I ever thought it wouldn't work. Like it was always working. Like, I just thought if I stopped for a minute, everything would stop. But it hasn't even stopped now that I've been gone from it for a year. Like, that's fucking insane. Anyway, I do want to sell it. So if you're interested, let me know. <laughs> um, anyway, so I decided to do that. I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to sell it. And everyone just thought I was absolutely fucking bananas. And I just started applying for jobs. And I was like, I just need to get myself to a place where I can think. And so I was like... Obviously, the business needs just me to work on it. Sorry, not on it, in it to like edit it. So I was like, I can't work on it. So I can't bring in money. So I'm going to go get a job and then I will work in my business to, to give everyone everything they need and then shut it the fuck down. And so I did that kind of <laughs> like I started the process, like I got the job and I was working full time and I would leave when the sun was down and get to work when, you know, I was inside in this like dark lit fucking building <laughs> and I'd work all day in marketing and then I would come home and the sun would be down and I would only see Noah for like a crack of time, make dinner or whatever. And then I would get to, to editing and I would not get to bed until like two in the morning and I couldn't really sleep because my brain was so fried and wired from being on a computer for like 12 hours. And then I would, oh my God, like people fucking sent lawyers at me, truly. One of my friends was um, a lawyer as well. So she was just such a saint and just did some, did me some favors just by communicating to these people because literally I was in a place of like life or death. I like actually got suicidal at one point. I couldn't, I didn't trust myself anymore. And I've, I don't like that. That's terrifying to me not being able to trust yourself like oh no thank you that was not nice I got really worried about myself anyway so I'd reached out to a friend and then she reached out to other friends including my lawyer friend and then one of my other friends um swooped in and helped me so much with the edits so much oh my god I owe him so much <laughs> and they came around and just like organized my budget and called some bill places and just to reconnect some like or just pay the bills like the money was there I just didn't have the time to even sit down and do my life admin at this point right like think about everything I was doing at once so did I recognize when a bill came in, in the email no fucking way I have ADHD that's like one of our main things <laughs> so when you're under stress and under pressure it worsens it's not that bad right now you know Anyway, um, so I, where was I? People were coming in to save me. Thank fucking God. Anyway, so then eventually got to the point where everyone had, was given the stuff that they owed and I just felt eternally grateful to my friends. Like I, I, the sense of community that I got from the flood cleanup situation and then also from this time in my life where I actually had to rely on the community around me was insane. Like that, I had to learn that lesson. I know it because like I know how impactful that was for me. That was huge for me. I don't know about you, but like, I'm a really, really, really independent person. I've always had to be, I've pretty much raised myself and I have, I had a kid as a teenager and I didn't live at home for any of that. I moved out at 16. I was expelled from high school. I have had to educate myself, went to like design college and stuff, but like the, 
like I'm a smart person and I don't have a formal education in the slightest, (laughs) you know, like I did this. I learned from people. People helped me. Absolutely. But like I, I went and got this, you know what I mean? This brain and this experience. And yeah, so I really just had to learn that this was one of those times in life where you're not going to fucking get there yourself, babe. Like you actually have to learn to appreciate and value community. Because if we want to change the world, guys, like we need to be able to be compassionate enough to listen to each other and cooperate with each other and actually want the best for someone else outside of ourselves. Like that's what we really need to do, right? And community kind of breeds all of that stuff. So it's really important that we make more efforts within the community. So yes, but obviously I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get to a point, guys, where I can facilitate heaps of stuff for all of us. Um, I'm just trying to get to the point where I have enough money to, I guess, like not work full time where I can do all of this stuff. Like I can, I want to have enough to survive and also give it away. Do you know what I mean? Like the money doesn't need to stay still with me. I want to keep it flowing. I just need it to pass by my direction. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Isn't that a fucking cool way of looking at it? (laughs) That's how you get to your abundance mindset, by the way. (laughs) That and gratitude. (laughs) So, yes, I learned community. And then from there, (laughs) this story has a point, I promise. (laughs) From there, I... I had to move like three times in this one year. The rental market's pretty fucked right now. It was terrifying. I lived in a house for three months that was like roach infested that was going to get knocked down. And they had the audacity to charge me $350 a week for this like piece of shit covered in mold, dark, like dungy, fucking, I was getting sick living there. Oh my God, it was horrendous. And that's where Batman died too. It was the worst. It was the fucking worst. But I had a home, didn't I? I wasn't on the street. So I was very lucky. It was near Noah's school and I could afford it, you know? It just was a horrendous time in my life, so everything seemed shit. <laughs> I couldn't see the situation I was in. I thought, it was, I thought I was in some kind of hell. But really, I was in Corumban near the beach with a home that my kid could just ride to school. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> perspective is everything, but I didn't see that at all. Not at all. That perspective wasn't even in my memory until just that moment when I pulled that out of myself just then, like, on the podcast. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) where were we? I moved into this place that I'm in now. That was a turning point for me. I knew it would be. I was a little bit closer to work, so I didn't have to leave so early in the morning, which meant I, you know, if I woke up at an obscene hour, I had a bit longer to just spend on myself before going into work and just beginning the day. By this point, the um, wedding edits were mostly done. And so, and like, you know, the communications were a bit better. All the lawyers were off my back by this point. Like I had weight lifted off me and I could get my head above the water. I started to be able to like look after my life admin a bit again. And my energy started really, really picking up. I live like on the water now. And this is exactly what I was manifesting, like just after Batty died and even before then. And I was like, I can't keep living like this. I just want to chase butterflies. I want to lay under a tree. I want to write poems. I want to just... I don't know, draw some fucking pictures and read some books. Like I just want to be outside laying down, being wholesome. And I manifested that into my life in like a month. You know what I mean? Like, but at the time, all I was feeling was like, wow, what a relief. I found a home and it's perfect. I love it. I hadn't started doing all that stuff yet. So, you know, the awareness that I'd manifested that into my life didn't come till a little bit later when I was reflecting, which is also why self-reflection is so important because it gives you a lot of perspective on your own actual situation and where you're actually at versus how you feel. Okay. So I'm outside and reading a lot and I'm doing this like turmeric tea every morning. and I'm like looking after myself, heaps of journaling, heaps of just letting my identity fall away. And by that, I mean like I stopped hanging out with people mostly. I was started to be alone a lot and I got off Instagram. I just deactivated it and deleted it off my phone. I spent time with my family a lot more, started painting, 
just really like journaling, like pulling up feelings. Like I did hypnosis to pull up stuff from my childhood that I'd forgotten. I was manifesting doing shadow work and inner child work. And I was like, you know what? I mean, the fucking thing of it, I want to do it all now while I'm already in it. I didn't want to climb out of it too early. I quite literally wasn't trying to wiggle my way out of it and just get to the other side just because it's better when it's easier. Like I was like, here we fucking go, cunt, bring it on. (laughs) I'm working through this. (laughs) Oh, it was hectic. Oh my God, it was so hectic. Fucking hell. But worth it, worth it. Do it. Don't be a bitch. (laughs) You need to do it whenever you're ready. But if you don't fucking do it, the universe will make you. It made me. (laughs) That was wild. Oh my God, I nearly died. <laughs> so anyway, I, everything started to get better. And when I started to get more energy, I was like, cool, like, this is amazing. And then I started to go through like a spiritual awakening. I've got a whole episode on that and there's more I need to talk about that. But all this crazy stuff just started happening to me. And then I started seeing intuitive healers because I needed some direction and they helped me amazingly and I found out this incredible shit about myself and about my mission and just like oh wild very hard to grasp at first actually I started to be like are these people all crazy am I crazy does it matter if I just go fully delusional if it's a placebo that's amazing if I'm happy and my life has changed anyway like isn't that all that matters yes and then I started to like have even more insane spiritual things happening because I was like initially I was like I'll just ride this train energy wise like I always believed in like manifestation and energy manipulation and everything because I that just feels very intuitive to me but all this other stuff like seems insane you know but it's all been just too many things have happened to say it's a coincidence anymore. And then I started to really see what was going on. Like I was like, it was like the universe shone a light on the path in front of me. And I was like, oh, I'm not walking blindly through this anymore. I was like, I can see the steps as they're presented to me. I can see the opportunities. I was just learning so many lessons. I got a really hard and fast lesson in abundance. And now I'm just living in this everyday, grateful, abundant energy where nothing really seems to bring me down. I feel like I can cope with everything and I, I'm okay if this isn't even a permanent feeling. Like I'm always, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I won't feel like this forever. And I'm like, that's so nice. You know, that's fine too. Because if I started stressing about this feeling going away, I would be going involuntarily back into a scarcity mindset. See how that works? Like you do kind of have to go delusional. <laughs> like the urban dictionary sense <laughs> um no the real sense fully just because the way that the world works we're not in a we don't live in a society that's easy to start to just be abundant and be grateful and calm down for long enough to see where you're at sorry my neighbors are coming home it's um the afternoon and the kids are coming in and out and they're really cute and I really like them. I couldn't be bothered pausing the podcast for this whole situation. So if you keep hearing that, sorry, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Fucking, I don't have a studio yet. Chill out. I'll get one. <laughs> Share this podcast so that I get a studio. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please. No, I didn't mean to sound so demanding then. I was just being dramatic. But I'm trying to do work for all of us. So please help me. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not like, oh, share it so that I can do well and keep doing what I'm passionate about. Like, I fucking am changing shit for all of us. That's like what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's my motivation. Anyway. Oh my God. I nearly cried just then. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. This is a crazy episode. What a ride. (laughs) Anyway, where are we? My life was changing. Everything's great. My mindset's amazing. Life's good. Okay. So throughout all of that, that that time when I'm outside and I'm in this journey of like, you know, coming into a spiritual awakening, the practices that I started taking on that kind of got me there, that got me through this healing journey were very monk-like, very like Buddhist style practices. But I have never read like a book on Buddhism. All I've read was Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty (laughs) and then a bunch of other things. And once I read that book, because I read like Limitless by Jim Quick and I read Rising Strong by Brene Brown and... Um, what else? I don't know. 
Yeah, like just, I can't remember now. I've read heaps of books. There's another podcast where I gave out my entire book list that I've read up until this point, basically, or my favorites, like my top 10. Okay, top 15. Anyway, so those books, when I was reading them, once I'd read Think Like a Monk, all of the kind of the ways that these people were moving about the world made a lot more sense to me. The, the advice they were giving, the examples that they gave on how they got their knowledge and got their wisdom and how they got to this point in their life where they were able to turn around and help someone else. The examples were very, very, very kind of in line with what Jay Shetty was talking about in his experience of becoming a monk um, in the book Think Like a Monk. And I was like, okay, I'm seeing like a theme, I'm seeing a pattern here. And so I was like, this is, and I think he even says it in the book, like it's a lifestyle. It's not really religion. Oh, and I read Sapiens as well. There's a lot of information um, in the book Sapiens about this. Not specifically this really, like there is like all, it's called A Brief History of Humankind. And it's got just from the dawn of humans up until a certain point and like a brief flash into what's coming for the future. It's an incredible book. And he touches on a lot of religions because they have a lot of um, impact on the world. And yes, Buddhism is not a religion. And he says it in that book. It's in one of the books. Anyway, I think that's important to get clear on because religion is very much like do these set of rules that we've laid out, follow them as much as you can. And then you'll be praised. Like at the end, you'll get like a reward or whatever, but no one can like guarantee that reward. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's like, I'm not saying the reward's not there. I'm just saying that like, that's not necessarily the only road to get there. And if it is for you, that's fine. Whatever works for you, you know, whatever makes you happy, right? Like that's, that's it. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> um, for me, religion is not it. I am a, I like to go based on how I feel in a situation. I've gotten myself to a point where I trust my judgment. I trust my watch on my own ego. I trust myself to notice my own reactions. I also trust my inner circle of friends to always call me on stuff that is in my blind spots. And I do that for them as well. So I have a lot of trust around myself and I know to trust the feelings that I have in certain situations. I know to, you know, continue down a path of like self-development because that way I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always enjoying life when I'm learning and growing. And I'm always able to help other people then. Cause if I'm always learning and growing, I can turn around and help someone else. And I love doing that so much that I decided to just make my whole life about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the early signs of that were me trying to fix every boyfriend I ever had. <laughs> that was futile. So I started to fix myself instead. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what was I even talking about? Yeah. So I'm reading all these books and I'm noticing all these like monk lifestyle type of things and just heaps of stuff like don't be too attached to any one specific thing because nothing is permanent. Stuff will always come and go in and out of your life. If you're trying to control a situation, your life will just be a repeat of what you have done before because you're the one controlling the wheel. If you let go of the control of a situation and sort of just trust that whatever is right for you will come your way, you end up like just having this freedom to follow your heart and you just go into this place of trust and like you really do actually find what's right for you. Like it literally does come your way. I'm not even kidding. Like it's insane. It's insane. I'm doing it right now. You're listening to it. <laughs> this was not my life before. Remember what I just told you where I was? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and then, you know, not, if you're not too attached to anything, if you're not too attached to your own identity and your ego and what people think of you, if you're not too attached to how an outcome might be of a situation, if you're not too attached to the things you have to do any specific part of the day, you're able to be way more fluid. You're able to actually allow space for that kind of thinking of like, okay, I'm just going to see what happens, follow my heart, like take a couple of steps at a time, still have goals and everything, but be willing to watch those goals shift and change as you learn new things. And that can actually happen quite rapidly. People get really bogged down on the idea of having to 
follow a specific thing. I, I went to uni. I've got to stay and do this job now. And that's my career because I studied it and may as well. Like I paid all that money. Like why would I leave? Leave if it's wrong. Don't keep doing it, you dumbass. There's a whole life ahead of you. What do you fucking mean? You're just fucking writing yourself off at 30 <laughs> or even 50 or even 70. <laughs> it doesn't just end. Life doesn't just stop. <laughs> what? So anyway, these Buddhist ideals, I like them. I like them a lot. And they keep my eyes peeled because I'm always watching for the opportunities that are getting presented to me again and again and again. And I'm always living in this like state of gratitude and appreciation and I like the idea of not knowing everything that's coming and I like the idea of magic in the world. It's really, really beautiful. I also like the idea of stillness and finding peace within and that is, I think, really crucial to a lot of the growth that you want to go through at a really deep level. And also for like just tapping into amazing energy sources like wow yes be still it's actually really fun it's not boring it's super fun I've had some of the most incredible stories in my life happen when my eyes are fucking closed and I'm sitting on my bed do you know what I mean crazy so um okay <laughs> so now we're getting to like the part of the story <laughs> that you've all been waiting for <laughs> I was I was with my friend Haley, and I was like, this week is insane. It's, in it's fucking insane. I recorded four podcast episodes in this one week, and this was last week. And we were both going like out of our comfort zone and just doing all these incredible things and feeling like even just sitting doing our work together in our day jobs, we were like something crazy is shifting, like something amazing is happening right now. Like we're leveling up. We can fucking feel it. Like it's wild. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the week. And then um, yesterday, no, <laughs> the other day my car broke down. So I'd stayed at Haley's house, not at her house that night, but like we were just had a few wines, decided to go out for dinner and celebrate and have a wine. So I left my car at her house and I Ubered home. And then in the morning I was like, went back, got my car, um, ran an errand. And then I was like, had to go to the shops, but I was really fucking hungry. So I was like, I'm just going to pull into Macca's first before I go to Coles and thank God, because I would not have wanted to break down in the Coles car park because it has that whole, like you have to pay if you're there for too long security and they fucking close the gates and all the things. It would have been a fucking fiasco. You know what I mean? I would have had to have found some cunt and told him I was there and what was going on or written it. You know what I mean? Just like, no, ew, it was raining and like not the day for it. I was having a nice day. I didn't want to fuck with that. <laughs> it was not a logistical kind of day. <laughs> and, um, so I went to Macca's and then I was going to go to Coles. I went to Macca's and I placed my order and then my car just like turned off in the drive-thru. And I was like, oh my God. And I was pissing myself laughing while these people were like wheeling me out. There's more of this story in the previous episode. I don't really want to like tell the entire story again, but if you're interested in the ins and outs of this, cause it was just like funny. The previous episode is where you'll find that. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm like just like laughing. And then I they put my car at 7-Eleven. The 7-Eleven dude was helping as well. He was so fucking nice. He was like, yeah, chill. Just like the car can stay here. It's sorted out. Like he opened my boot, even saw the problem. He was like, this is what's wrong with it. So I was able to just like tell Lubemobile and blah, blah, blah. But I still haven't sorted that out. My car is still there because today was not the day for it either. <laughs> and I had stuff on on the weekend. So that happened on Saturday, right? And then Sunday I had the grapevine situation. So I just had to like leave it. But anyway, back to the whole situation. So my car broke down. I got an Uber home, had a nice afternoon, recorded a podcast, and then was getting ready for my, like going to my friend's house for this grapevine festival that I went to. And obviously had to catch a train. So I had to get an Uber to the train station. And then... <laughs> My Uber arrives and I get in the car and within like a couple of minutes of being in the car, no, not even a couple of minutes. He we was still in my street. I was just like, you have fantastic energy. <laughs> and he was, he turned around. He was like, thanks. I really appreciate that. I'm a monk. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm a Buddhist, you know? And I was like, 
wow. And then he was like, well, I was a monk. And I was like, what? Wait, what? Tell me. And he was like, all right, well. And then I was like, wait, I have a podcast. <laughs> Can I record this conversation? And he was like, yeah, by all means. I was like, fuck off. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> I like, can't believe I get to do this. <sighs> and so I, I was like, okay, I got my notes app. Not my notes app. I got my fucking voice voice memos app on my phone open and I just recorded and I was like, all right, tell us your name. <laughs> and he told his name. So my name's David. Um, and then he went into this story about how he even got onto the path of becoming a monk. So I'll let David like tell some of that story. And I'm a practicing Tibetan Buddhist and I became a Tibetan Buddhist I'm now 55, so it's about 25, so about 30 years ago. And you'll have to um, excuse the GPS was going in the background, but it is what it is, you know? This was a split-second moment. I decided to take the opportunity in, so... When I was uh, driving past Broad Beach State School and there was a bunch of um, Tibetan monks and a teacher at Geshla teaching, doing a sand mandala on the, um, on the floor of the... Broad Beach State School. Basically, a sand mandala is a Tibetan Buddhist tradition where they create this stunning mandala art piece with like beautiful geometry and it's kind of symbolic of the universe and transformation and enlightenment and everything. And in true sort of Buddhist fashion, it also celebrates how nothing is permanent. So they will dismantle it or destroy it. And, you know, you just appreciate it while it's there in front of you in that moment kind of thing. It's very cool. And they had the banners out and I didn't know what they were, so I dropped in to have a look. Um, and I uh, spoke to a, a small, slightly older monk who explained to me what the Sam Mandela was and why all about impermanence. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to make a lot of sense to me. So I sat there for a while. He gave me a a book, quite a nice book, a, a coffee table book about His Holiness the Dalai Lama and <coughs> excuse me, and um, invited me to come to a teaching at Burley Scouts Hall that they were doing in those days every Tuesday night mm -hmm. and so I spent three months doing absolutely nothing about that <laughs> and um, then cleaning out the car one day I, uh, I found the book and I thought I should go to that. Oh my god. Um, Considering I was brought private school education on the Gold Coast, Anglican private school education on the Gold Coast, um, and I decided to, uh, so I went along to the teaching and it was all about uh, compassion yeah. and karma. Um, and I suddenly realized that that made a lot of sense to me, about how if you were compassionate, to other people that, that helped them yes. and made their lives better and how that generated good karma for you and, and could make your life better. And just like being of service in any kind of way you can in a compassionate way really does seem oh. to anchor like so much more happiness inside yourself, hey? Like. Absolutely. And it plants the seeds for future happiness. Yeah. Um, so he was then doing a public teaching in... Uh, in Broadbeach and I'm going to get emotional here a public, public teaching in Broadbeach um, invited me to, on the, that Sunday so I went along and um, and there was only about 50 people and he sat on a little dice just outside past the car or the surf, star, uh, surf club there and um, they um, he did a teaching on compassion in action and how if you were compassionate to other people it actually served you more than the other person. <clears throat> it actually helped the other person a great deal, but it also helped you a great deal. And um, <clears throat> he looked, and I swear to this day, so Geshler is a, a little Tibetan teacher. He's His Holiness's, His Holiness the Dalai Lama's t uh, teacher in Australia. So he's mm. his representative. He looked around two or three people and he stared at me and said, you will be a better person if you are more compassionate to other people and that's where my journey really started into Buddhism. And it's not like um, a John the Baptist moment on the road, flash of lightning. It's nothing and, and you're converted. It's not like no. that. It's, it's more like a, a vine, a slow vine growing on a fence. 
and and the things that you start to understand about Buddhism and the way that it teaches you to think suddenly make sense. You go, oh, that's pretty simple, but yeah, that really makes sense to me. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I suddenly realised I worked out how the world worked. Yes. Don't you think it's like I'm not, um, I don't practice Buddhism specifically or anything, but mm-hmm. a lot of, like I've read up on it and a lot of, okay, maybe I do without the full intention, but <laughs> a lot of the general um, ways of living and everything do, they just make so much sense. It's like, oh, this is how to be alive. Like yep. here's how to have a proper human experience. Yep. And I think that it's kind of like a lifestyle. Like you have to it is a dig so far not, into yourself. It's not so much a religion, but it is a, it is a way of thinking and a lifestyle. Yeah. And for me, the perennial question is why do, why do good things happen to bad people was answered because it's in their karma yes. for that to happen. And also it's like whenever one of my friends is going through something hard now, instead of being like, oh, that's so shit, like, oh my God, and kind of getting down on a lower vibration with them. I have this other perspective and I try to bring them up to the vibration that I'm on in the sense that like, hey, you're going through this thing right now, which means that you're going through like a transformation. Mm. You're going into the cocoon phase and you're going to learn some incredible lesson that is on your path to learn. And it's going to help you like level up in life and you're going to become better and happier in the long run from this, depending on how you choose to act, like how you choose to react to the thing that's happening to you. And, and, that, you and that, see issues as growth right. instead. And that period of time, whether it's a illness or something bad, breakup or something bad's happening. For me, one of the main lessons back then that I learned was that nothing lasts forever. Yeah. It finishes. Like it doesn't rain every day. Yeah. Occasionally the sun comes out. Eventually the sun comes out. So, you know, the passage of time and impermanence. Uh, everything is impermanent. Yeah. What you think is going to happen very rarely does. Yeah. Um, and that that nothing will. So you and I will meet now, and in four or five minutes we will part. And for whatever karmic reason we've met. I know I'm obsessed. <laughs> as soon as I got in, I was like, "Oh, you have great energy." And like, thanks. I'm a monk. And I was like, what? <laughs> And that way we will we will leave, we will leave. Got uh, closing that karmic connection between us. That's so if, cool. If we were meant to have more karmic connection, we'd have met somewhere else totally. and had more time Just together. But, you know, I love that. Maybe is, something that you've said, and then my sudden compulsion to record the conversation, yeah. like, was something that someone needed to hear. Like, maybe absolutely. So, some someone in your podcast or someone in your life will hear that, and if they just take one part of that away. And that's all it needs to be. Yeah. And you were just taking, uh, you're just making someone's day better and easier and more simple. And yeah, it's that's a good way really to be. I also love the idea of like the impermanence making things beautiful as well because, like, like in the past, you know, you'd be in this, it's like a good thing would be happening and you'd be like, oh my God, like this is going to end soon. You'd freak yep. out and like ruin the moment or Absolutely. like miss it by not being present just by expecting it to end soon. Yep. And when you think, okay, well, nothing is permanent. So it brings you way more back to the present Absolutely. where you can actually enjoy it. Yep. I love that. And, and it's like, wow, this is more special because it's fleeting. And for me, the inter- I mean, for me, for everybody, but for me, the interactions with people are great. So I have practiced for many years and I still practice every day being present when I'm talking to somebody. Nice. So when I'm talking to you, I'm being present with you. Yeah, because it's like that's all that really matters in that yep, moment, right? in that moment. Because I know whether that's five minutes or 15 minutes or, or an hour or a month or being married to the same person for 10 years, it's all going to end. Yeah, so true. This is amazing. Thank you for doing this. It's my pleasure. Um, do you have do you, do you have anything anywhere that you want everyone anyone to go to, or are you like that? Nope. No, no, no. What I want them, what I want them to to go to Just is is to make sure that they are get. You don't have to be a hundred percent Buddhist. You don't have to be one percent Buddhist. You can be anything in between and be happy about where you're at. You I know, love that. You can be just a little bit and you can pick and choose everything and you can question everything. Oh my God, I love faith that so by experience is just so much better than faith just by learning. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Faith by experiencing it, by living it. And pick out bits that work for you. Just here. Yes. Is that okay? Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You too. No worries. You have a lovely time at your festival. Oh my god! Thank you. You just made my whole day. (laughs) See you later. Bye bye. Bye. I really hope that you liked listening to that. I've had an amazing time telling you that story and sharing that with you, and I hope that something in the conversation with David resonated with you. I hope that there was like. I hope that this all happened for this reason. Do you know what I mean? Like all of that lead up to the point where I'm able to just not let a car breaking down fucking throw me off course and send me into a tizzy and then not not be able to go to, you know, Brisbane and then go to this thing. Like I, if I reacted differently to that car breaking down, if I wasn't in a place of flow and abundance and oh well everything happens for a reason if i wasn't in that place i might have made that i would could have turned that molehill into a mountain you know what i mean and might not have been in that situation where i got into that uber and i might not have had that conversation with david and this all just very 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 much feels like someone out there if not many of you needed to hear this And like I said before, if this ends up being a turning point in your life for you, or if it ends up sort of being that last little penny drop um, realization, I guess, in a journey you've already been on and you're like, holy fuck, I have a story for you. Please, can you tell me? Um, In the bottom of this podcast, there's an ability to, you can like send a voice note in. So if you send me a voice note with like a quick summary of what you want to talk about, um, if it feels aligned and sits right, I'll get back to you. I love the idea of sharing this podcast with as many people as I can. I think getting all of your stories out there is what we really need. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening. This has felt massive and yeah, if it's impacted you in a way, please share it. Please do share it. Get it around, get it to the people it needs to hear. Heal. Get it to the people who need to hear it, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, also, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I don't want your money or anything. Don't worry. It's all free. But on my website in the blog section, so you go to the About tab and then there's a drop down and then there's a blog. And in the blog section is a how to edit a podcast episode. And inside that is um, a tutorial video along with a link to the actual podcast. And inside the actual podcast is the show notes, which if you're on my podcast right now, you're already in the place that you need to be to find all the information. Like the podcast is the previous one. I'm pretty sure it was like episode, I don't know, 14, I think 15 episode 15. And in the show notes is like literally everything you need to know about starting your own podcast. So yeah that's there if you want it um i feel very done now i'm gonna eat my dinner because it's just been sitting there looking at me okay thank you for listening (laughs) love you bye